Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cantina MX Football Podcast. We have a great panel tonight. We're going to be talking about Diego Coca, officially the head coach of the national team. From our last episode, he was just a front runner. Um, some comments that were made today. And obviously, talk about Liga Mekis, some Chivas, some America, and uh, Cruz Azul just got a new head coach. He goes by Tuca Ferretti. So we're going to go all into it. But before I go any further, just want to let you all know we're live on Twitter Spaces and YouTube. So hop on. Feel free to request to speak. And we can hear your thoughts. Uh, but first, let me welcome everyone. We have uh, Super Elbow coming in. How are we doing? Gentlemen, all is well, man. Uh, looking forward to, to to hearing some of the takes and and uh, having our friends speak up on on, on their thoughts of uh, particular what what Ron's going to bring up in a little while. Oh man, I'm excited to talk about later. But uh, before I do that, I gotta check in uh, with Ron. Ron, how we doing? Good, good. How you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing good, man. Can't complain. Chivas in the top four, top five. Where are we? I, I've lost track, but we're we're doing good. Uh -huh. But uh, Ron, you had some comments on uh, you got Iaragori today. Uh, he he basically yeah. said uh, that what what exactly you say something about relegation? How we might adopt the MLS? He he, he, he said that. You know, that personally he likes promotion and relegation, you know, but one of the things that he had, you know, that th they have to consider is that a good chunk of Liga MX's uh, fan base is in the U.S. And the U.S. fan promotion relegation is not a thing. It does not exist. And obviously by him saying that, you had a lot of people in the press, especially more so, more so on the Mexican side, uh, really, you know, take a dig at him because of it. And honestly, I th think it's it's uncalled for attacking him for that because, you know, let's not be prude here. I mean, what he's saying is true. I mean, a lot of uh, how they structure or how they make you know decisions across the board, from the national team to basically, you know, to 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 the all the way to the women's you know game you know catering to the u.s mexican fan whether be it you know you know recent immigrant or first generation or second you know second generation or whatever i mean they cater they cater to us over here you know and that's true and i mean honestly i i, I said this before i mean if 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 you're going to have a true promotion relegation system that's fine, but you gotta have all the teams independently owned, and we haven't had that in decades. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a time where basically just I think uh, a couple years back, I haven't checked recently, but a couple years back, I I want to say that out of the twenty teams or something, there was maybe three of them that were self sufficient and, and autonomous, independently owned, and all the rest were basically subsidiaries of of uh, either subsidiaries or or uh or basically owned uh by by a first division club 
So what's what's the point of doing that? I mean, if if you're going to criticize multi-property at the top flight, you know whether you know it was Televisa having you know Necaxa, Atlante, and and San Luis and, and America, which that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But now you have the, the 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 Atlas, you know, the Grupo Pachuca, uh, Orlegi, and the Grupo Pachuca with you know multi you know uh, uh, multi ownership. So so it, it, it's stupid. You're not, and I, and I think I made the comment a couple of weeks ago. You know, you don't sell a Chevy Nova in in in, in Latin America in a Spanish speaking <laughs> country. Yeah, you don't. So let, let's stop being prudes here and let's accept the reality. You know, we're a, a, you know, Liga MX is not a European based. You know, it's not a Euro based league. You know, it is a North American league, and in North America, we do franchises here. And you know, one of the and one of the things I remember I spoke you know a couple of years back with Holy about this about you know Mexico's or, or the Liga MX's big four, Pumas, uh, uh, Cruz Azul, America, and Chivas. And, and in many ways, they're not the big four because of the amount of titles that they have. It's it's basically the fan base, mm-hmm. and part of that has to be is that those are serious institutions, serious you know clubs, franchises. You know, because one of the problems that you know, fans in Mexico have had to, you know, to deal with for decades, 30, 40 years back, is that you have so many, you know, mom and pop type ownership club, you know, ownership groups that pull the plug on, on a, they will pull the plug on, 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 a, on a project, you know, like, like, you know, for example, like, you know, La Piedad, Irapuato, Veracruz, you know, uh, where they'll, they'll, you'll have own, an ownership group. They'll go in there in the second division. They'll win promotion. And next thing you know, when they win promotion, they sell the franchise. They sell the rights. And then it's like, you know how, do you realize how many times, you know, the, the fan bases get, you know, screwed over? Yeah, for sure. Morelia Morel is, is a prime example. Morelia got super fucked over. Yeah. So it's like Chiapas. I mean, you basically just, you know, you just pick a city, pick a market. Anywhere on the Mexican map, and that market, I guarantee you, has been screwed over as a fan base. So it's like for those fans, they say, you know what, fuck them, fuck you know, you know, screw, screw Morelia, screw you know Irapuato, screw Tampico, screw these guys. You know what? At least I know that you know next year. I know that Pachu, or I'm sorry, I know that Pumas is going to be there. I know that America is going to be there. I know that Chivas is going to be there. I know that Cruz Azul is going to be there. And that's why those teams, the big four, quote unquote. That's why they. That, that's why they. Whether they're doing good or bad, anytime they go elsewhere in the country, you know that you know they 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 they, they fill the opposing you know stadium. Yeah. You know that fan base. Happened. And I, and uh, think, happened at Chivas over the weekend. They played Pumas and they they were at home. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, I mean, I think we're just you know let's just be real about it. It's we're not. We we're not a a a, a nation that can support. 18, 18 uh, clubs in the first division, 18 to 24 in the second division. We just can't do it for, for, for many reasons, socioeconomic, whatever, you know. But I think, I think that in the long run, you can do what, you know, MLB, NFL, and NBA, and do the franchise. You know, you basically guarantee, you guarantee an ownership group. I mean, that's, and really, that's what they want, these ownership groups. They want guarantees, and you can't blame them. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at Nicoxa situation, right? They were able to somehow get U.S. investors uh, owning fifty percent of the club, and uh, as bad as the but, 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 as bad as they are, they, I don't think they're going to get relegated anytime soon. 
No, but I mean that's not really the type of ownership group that I that you know that I that I was expecting. You know, I don't I don't see Eva Longoria. Yeah, I don't. You know, that's I, I don't I don't see them as a serious ownership group. You know, in the long in the long run. But I knew that the day the day was coming when you were going to have uh, foreign investors. You know, and foreign investment. You know, and I personally, you know, I've I've, I've you know I've stated or I've mentioned this you know many times. I mean, I'm not too thrilled on the on the prospect of league mx becoming a a billionaire's club with you know chic money and and, and asian money you know <laughs> i don't I think really, that'll I happen mean, you never know I you never know i mean Gordy is full of shit i completely <laughs> got disagree with it, everything the reason i think he's full of shit is because he said that the can't have relegation promotion because the majority of the Mexican fans in America are not used to it. Well, let's be honest. Majority of Liga Mekis fans that live in the U.S. were first Liga Mekis fans before they became fans of MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever. It's very rare to have someone that grows up on MLB, NHL, NFL, and then says, oh, you know what? I'm going to become a Liga Mekis fan too. Mm-hmm. So, so I got to cater to them. Let's be honest what he's really saying. What he's really saying is are, we have to make decisions that cater to the Mexican fan in the U.S., and he's using that as an excuse to get rid of all those teams that they just mentioned, Veracruz, Irapuerto, Chiapas, whatever, and keep them non-existent and get rid of a couple other teams like your Mazatlans, your Petaros, because what's going to be the final move within the next 25 years? Merge. They're going to combine the league. They're going to merge. It has nothing <sighs> to do with the Mexican fan you not used to relegation. The Mexican fan doesn't care that MLB NFL doesn't have relegation and they want Liga Mekis to be the same thing. What they are, they are a fan of the soccer game, the fan of the game. And what is the fan of the game? Everywhere has relegation. It makes it interesting. It makes it adds passion to it. Now, if we don't have enough teams or enough organization to have a second division and the first division, that's a different story. But don't come saying that you're doing it because you want to please the Mexican fan in the U.S. Let's be realistic. The World Cup bid joined the League's Cup, the Copa America being, you know, every hosting that. They're all getting ready to merge. And like I mentioned, look at the map. All the southern Mexico teams don't have a presence in first division. And I think that's being done intentional as far as scheduling when they do merge. But I promise you within the next 25 years, those two leagues merge. Mm. My 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 generation. Keep in mind, we you know, ninety four World Cup is what changed everything for for at least for my generation. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, unless you lived in the in the border, you know, in, along the border, the Mexican U.S. Mexican border, mm-hmm. Italian, you know, wherever. But if you were further up, you know, be it San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, you know, Phoenix, you know, and, and stuff like that. We we only got access to maybe one game, League MX game, if we were lucky. Okay, so for us, we growing up, I did watch. You know, we you know we did watch more. I did watch more, you know, American sports, baseball, you know, NFL and stuff like that. But when when basically when '94 came about, you know, and then and then next thing you know, now granted, I didn't really watch ML. I don't watch MLS. I'll be honest with you, but. You know, I, I watched the first couple <laughs> games of the season, but 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 what I'm saying is that come, you know, you, you had '94, 
okay? You had the 94 World Cup, and then you had in 96, you had MLS, you know, mm -hmm. come about. And then around in 97, in 97, that's when you, that's when they basically Univision brought in, you know, Galavision, and then the, basically the floodgates opened. At that point, I, I have, I don't care, you know, I was actually, I, I made a comment to, to a friend of mine. Uh, I don't, I, I've never seen an entire, I've never seen actually LeBron James play other than, you know, when he, you know, scored the, the goal. I've never seen a game, I've never seen one of his games play. Kobe, maybe a handful, but I, ha I haven't seen basically basketball since, since basically Olajuwon went to the, the, what is it, the Raptors. After that, basically after 97, I quit, I quit basically, I, I, other than, you know, the, the MLB, I pretty much quit NFL. I pretty much NBA. I haven't seen a full game in, in nearly two decades. Why? Because '97 happened is when Galavision came in, and then next thing you know, Telefutura came around. I think 2000, and then, uh, 2000. They came in 2001. Yep. Uh, Azteca made. Azteca. Azteca, Azteca came made, first. Yeah. No, no. Azteca came first. Estrese with the dish package, and then and then uh, and then what do you call it? Uh, and then and then it just it, it switched to Azteca America. So then there, be, yeah. there came a point where in, Mex in the U.S., in the U.S., you were able to watch every single game, mm -hmm. whereas the Mexican in Mexico wasn't able to. Yeah, but you're proving the fact that Gregory is full of BS. No, no it, it's not. No relegation, no promotion, because the, the Mexican fan in the U.S. is not used to it. You didn't say, hey, you know what, I have all these sports here. And Galavision is now showing the channels, but I'm not gonna watch it because they have relegation and promotion, and I'm not used to that. That doesn't happen over here. You still watch it, and you became a fan, and you stopped watching the American leagues. What is what he is saying is we might lose fans in the U.S. because we have promotion and relegation, and they're not used to it. So we got to give them something that they're used to. And even though back then in '97 there was promotion and relegation, that did not stop you from becoming a fan. No, because I always liked soccer, and every time I would, you know, any exactly. Chance. So, but that's my point. You're proving a point that the fact that there was relegation and promotion, and you being a Mexican in the U.S., that was not a turnoff for you. <clears throat> He's saying it's a turnoff. So that's what I'm saying. Well, it is because, because 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 I mean because the the Mexican fan, especially for my generation, for, for I mean, you, I mean what going to the second division. I mean, really, who goes to the minor leagues? I mean, the, the minor leagues. I mean, watching the minor leagues. We're talking about you wouldn't want to watch the leagues because there's promotion and relegation, and you're not used to that in the U.S. I know, but the U.S. Mexicans. Were you but saying the, US that the majority Mexican... of Mexicans that live in the U.S. would find that a turnoff? I don't want to watch Liga Mekis. <laughs> I'd rather watch MLS because they have promotion and relegation, and I'm not used to how that works. Come on, that's bullshit. No, it's not. It is no because because here's the thing: the Mexican fan in the U.S. and 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 the Cruz Azul's, you know, I forget the guy's name from back in the '60s and '70s. I mean, there's a reason why. There's a reason why, you know, after after the World Cup, the, the 1970 World Cup, we went right to the playoffs. Why? The the Super Bowl. Came, well, the first Super Bowl was what in 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 uh, 67, 60, 67, 68, the very first one. And 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 the and the what do you call it the the back then the Liga what do you call it the Liga Mex you know um, executives they 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 saw it like whoa wait a minute this is interesting this is making money this is already I mean it was, it's like it was like even the first couple of years you know they they took in, they took notice of what was the NFL was doing and they caught and they copied the model 
of, of, of doing the playoffs. So, I mean, we've, you know, we, we are a North American league in, in that yes. sense, an American league in that sense. But and, let me tell you why it's full of BS. Look at the Premier League. The Premier League has a huge presence in the U.S. There's a lot of yeah. Premier League teams that have chapters throughout the cities. And I all get these that. Americans are huge Premier League fans. They don't say, I do not like the Premier League because they have promotion and relegation. So I don't want to support a team that might get relegated at the end of the season. I'm going to stick to American sports. If you like the game, you like the game. Promotion yeah. relegation is not going to change anything. But the, so it is but the league, because league, the, the leagues the, in Europe are not saying, "Hey, we want to cater to America. We want to cater to the dollar. Let's start doing playoffs instead of doing season-long tournament. Let's mm-hmm. get rid of promotion and relegation. Let's do everything to attract the dollar." Because they don't. The, the, to, but Liga Mekis wants to attract the dollar, so that's the bottom is of it. He the wants to attract the dollar. He wants to bend over and do what the MLS wants because at the end of the day, they plan on merging. Basically, they're now, just trying to get all their ducks in a row. The U.S. the 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 U.S. based you know ex you know British expat fans that that like you know like the the, the people that watch the Premiership in the U.S. Uh-huh. It's totally different from it's it's totally different uh, fan base from the ones that watch League MX. Yeah. Basically, what so, what I mean, Habibi is trying to say is Liga MX is trying to get everything, all their ducks in a row for this inevitable like merger. If if they were to propose it, or if it was to happen, catering catering to the U.S. fan, the U.S. the U the the the, the U.S. based Mex- you know uh, Mexican fan uh-huh. is is that something is it, it's been going on since the 1950s. I mean Atlas when they won their last championship, last championship. You know, I'm sorry, the first championship. You remember what year it was? It was in the fifties. Yeah. You know, you you know, you know what you know where, where they played uh, an exhibition where? against Manchester. Here. And in, 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 yes. Rather than playing with Guadalajara, no, it's it's they've been catering to the U. They've been catering to to the to the U.S. fan, uh, or the or the Mexican, you know, Mexican, whether it's you know, first generation, you know, recent immigrant or whatever. They've been catering to that fan base for decades. No, yeah, he's right. This is definitely nothing new. Absolutely not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't really like focus so much on like his reasoning behind why there's no relegation promotion. I think everybody here can read between the lines. Um, it's, 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 it hasn't worked. Yeah. It has not worked. You've 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 what rebranded it with three times in the last. Thir- I mean, in ninety three, ninety four, they rebranded it to Primera A, then they rebranded it again to 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 Ascenso or to Ascenso, and now then it's what I forget what's the last one now called. So they've rebranded it with three times since ninety four, ninety three, Expansion. So it's three. Re- uh, they've rebranded three times, you know, and and not to mention, not to mention one of the things, one of my criticisms of of of, of the press. In Mexico, is that for years when they referred to the second division, they they used to refer to it La Liga de Calvario, so like like it's the hell, like mm-hmm. great, and it's like they 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 didn't promote they they didn't promote, you know, the second division well. I mean, they thought of it as it's like shit. You're going you're going down to the minor leagues, you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the mentality that they, these these people have had. Is is it because there's no money in it? It's because you don't have serious investors that, that are willing to stick with a project. Like, as much as I'm not a big fan of, you know, you know, Grupo Pachuca, 
I do recognize that they're a serious ownership group. And they went in there, when they took over Pachuca, they went in there knowing that they mer- that, that they were going to get relegated a couple times. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they, they, they were relegated twice in the 90s. Same thing, same thing with Tigres. I mean, they got relegated in the when 90s. Did, um, but when did they take when did they like own Leon or had they always been Leon Pachuca? Leon was recent. Leon was recent. In fact, oh, okay. before 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 Grupo Pachuca took over Leon, uh Julio Davino's father, who's an ex a former player of Leon, mm-hmm. he was trying to get an ownership group. He was trying to get a group of investors to buy the, the franchise outright oh. because there was there were there were issues with um uh, he, he, the, the owner, Sermeño, you know, the, the, the big fat guy that owned nightclubs, like, I don't know, I think in Cancun or Acapulco, but, you know, they said that he had shady businesses. So they were trying to, you know, you know, that guy was always in trouble with the, with the law, you know, go figure, kind of like the dude from, you know, what's his name, Puebla. But like I said, that's, that's one of the points that I, that I'm trying to make is that there's some, there's, there's, there's these ownership groups that aren't serious and they'll, and they'll pl- and they pull the plug on, on a project when it's not feasible anymore for them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but I think it'll so, attract any serious groups, though, because the barrier to entry was so difficult. But, but, you think but here's the, here's, one team goes up, you have, what, 18, 18 uh, 15 teams in the second division? And let's say everybody had a serious project. Everybody invested. Everybody did their best to go up, but only one team is going up. You're not going to attract a lot of folks. No, I get that. Serious money when only one's going to reward it. Minimal two or three. Mexico's dead. The guys in the first division, they're going to make it a freaking hell for the second division teams. So when they do get promoted, most likely they're the one that gets relegated again to protect their pockets, protect their money. They've done that before in Liga, in in, in the history of the league, where they've had, you know, two two or three teams uh, go up and down. In fact, back in the 70s, mm. they had a uh, they used to have the uh, relegation playoffs. Like, you know, the last team or the, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, if I recall, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was basically the last team. Boom. They were auto, they went automatically down. But the, like the 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 second to last and the third to last, they would do a playoff amongst each other. Uh-huh. And back then, that was seen that was seen as as as, a, as an insult that you're having a playoff and you're basically rewarding mediocrity. It's like, <laughs> why would you have a playoff? You know, just for that. Yeah. So I mean, they, they they've tried it throughout. You know, like, if you look back at every, like, if you look back through uh, through Liga MX, basically starting from the '70s, you know, when the playoffs started, they have tried so many formats as to what works what won't work and stuff like that. So, I mean, they've tried these things mm-hmm. where like, Hey, well, maybe if we give, you know, three, three franchises, you know, from the second division, a chance, mm-hmm. but, but I, I ultimately it, it goes to two things. You don't have serious ownership groups and two that a former Atlante, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, executive. The one that recently criticized the uh, Coca Coca, um, Basically said that when when you go down when you go down from the first division to the second division in Mexico you basically lose eighty something percent of your of your oh, uh, of your revenues. Yeah. You know. Well, what? So, so so in other words, uh, Liga MX is going to be the NFC and MLS is going to be the AFC is is what we're, where we're heading. That's it could an, be. That's an interesting concept. Um, what? How would you guys feel about like? 
kind of like how they do it in baseball where your minor league team is associated with like a you know professional team. I know Chivas have Tapatio and then there's like Rayados and there's They tried that, bud. Yeah. They tried that. And not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily have them like compete to get promoted, but that's basically your farm team and you take your stragglers and you you put them in there and then it's just like a self-sustaining thing, you know? I don't know if maybe that's the route they're going to end up going. So, like, for example, you know, like Chivas, a couple of years back, I think about a, a decade maybe back, 15 years back, Chivas, you know, like, for example, America owns Zacatepec, and basically they had their under, you know, under, you know, 23s and 20s play on that team. Uh-huh. Chivas had, I think I think they had um, a Tijuana Nacional or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So basically, every team, every team, like just about every team in, in, in Liga MX had right. had a team. Right. It, yeah, it was Chivas Tijuana. Chivas Tijuana. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. that's the one. What's up, buddy? How you doing? That was independent. Name. Good, good. All right. Sorry, go on. So, so now, so now, so they cha- they basically changed the format, and rather than having that those you know those subsidiary teams, you know, uh, they basically had now the. Uh, Every club now has to have the what is it the U, the the under twenty the under uh, what is it under twenty seventeen fifteen thirteen so and now they play amongst each other you know I see I I like I said I I I I have to I mean I I, I have the same sentiment that 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 what's his name Iragori has that personally yeah I think you know if if we could do you know if we could do a proper promotion relegation sure. But we haven't been able to do it. So why 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 are we you know why are we you know you know entertaining the idea? To, yeah, yeah. It's like there's no need for it. It yeah. hasn't worked. It, it's such a shame though because there are like a few franchises that I would love to see back in the first division. You look at Atlante, right? The history that they have. I would love to see them back in the first division, especially when you got like ass hats like Querétaro and Mazatlan. It's like. Yeah, Morelia as well. That should be in the in the first division. Um, Tecos has completely disappeared now, man. Who? Well, somebody said they were in the third division, no? Who? Tecos? No, I said I, I said Tecos is actually one of the. It, that, I recall, no? that I can recall. That I can recall, Tecos was has has been the only team that started in the third division and went and basically got to the uh, to the first division the right way, meaning. They won third division. They won second division, and then they got and then they got to uh, you know promoted to uh, to um, the first division. Whereas other teams, like for example Santos Laguna, they 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 basically bought a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But to their credit, to their credit, since they bought the franchise, they've never been relegated. You know, Tecos was another team like that that they had never been re- after the after winning promotion. Never been relegated. Pumas has been like that. Cruz Azul is like that. Toluca is like that. You know? <clears throat> Which teams have never been relegated? Okay, well, there's only two teams that have always played in the first division and never in the second division because they're the founders, and that's American Chivas. Dang. Okay? So those are the only two teams that have never played in the second division that's and have always, maintained first, have always maintained the first division. So Cruz Azul? Now, teams that... that Cruz Azul was in the second division. Damn. Okay. But after I'm talking, after they won promotion, they've never been relegated. So that is Toluca. That's Toluca. That's Pumas. Damn. Um, well, Toluca, Pumas, Cruz Azul, Santos. I'm trying to think. 
shit. Atlas, no. Pachuca, no. Monterrey, no. Uh, no, Monterrey, no. In fact, they they actually got relegated uh, a couple of years early on in the season when like seven of their players died in a bus crash. Um, and they just Jeez. weren't able to, you know, maintain. Uh, yeah, in fact, I think they were, uh, uh, what is it over there? What is it? Uh, Lagos, something over there in Jalisco. I forget the name of the town. I'm looking at a list yeah. right now. This says America, Guadalajara, Toluca, Pumas, Cruz Azul, Santos, Tijuana. Okay. Yeah, Tijuana. I forgot about Tijuana. Yeah, but everybody they're else, a baby, baby. They're too young. Yeah, they are a baby. But they are a baby. But like I said, I mean, everybody else, uh, you know, and that's also one of the things that the teams that, that have won promotion and relegation for the most part, you know, in the, in the past couple of years, Leon, Pachuca, you know, Tigres, um, Necaxa, Atlante. So it's, it's, so even the teams that go up and down, it's usually the same, you know, the same, you know, uh, cast of characters, you know, it's not, it's not like Irapuato goes in there and maintains a long run. It's not like, like, uh, you know, uh, shit, Tampico hasn't, hasn't been since what the nineties when Tampico lost it. Yep. You know, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they've, they've been back. Yeah. Ultimately, like I said, ultimately, you know, it's, you're going to expand, but you, you know, and I, I guarantee you, none of you guys, none of you guys, you guys would do the exact same thing that the league MX owners uh, are, are doing right now, you know, protect your interest. I would do the same thing. I just wouldn't give a bullshit excuse. I I say the honest truth. <laughs> I mean, hey, let's be honest. We can't maintain a first and second division. So I'm not gonna get some BS excuse that we have Mexican fans in the U.S. that are not used to promotion relegation, so we don't want to scare them away. I have a question. Would you guys be uh, opposed to a team buying their way into the first division from the second? No, they've done it before. They've always done it. Santos, Santos did it. Like, like remember, we're back, gonna... remember back in like in '99 when Union de Cortidores won promotion, and then like within a week, uh, shit, who's the one that bought them out? Oh, well, Mazatlan did it just recently, and yeah, this happened in, in, the, in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, it's happened yeah. a bunch of times. But, yeah, a bunch no, of, but bunch I'm, of, but I mean, like, because we're we're at eighteen right now. But I'm saying, like, like we would expand to like nineteen or twenty teams. So no, they, yeah, they, they, went to 20, they went to twenty teams, but then they went back down to like they they went yeah. down to seventeen and then back to eighteen. But yeah, it's happened. Like, like it, it's like going back for like remember Chiapas, Chiapas, you know, bought like I think Veracruz's franchise. And then, like the remember, you know, a couple of years back, like Sound maybe about ten no. years back, there was Veracruz, but then the real Veracruz came back. With yeah, there was two Veracruz, and then and then and then and now that Veracruz with Puri uh, got got into some trouble. And it's funny because I've been keeping up with uh, they're, they're remodeling uh, El Pirata Fuente. Yeah, right? they're gonna. Yeah. And, and are they gonna rebuild it or something? Well, I, I'm a little upset because they need to put a shrine where they popped, uh, where they fucking, you know, <laughs> where fucked them up, basically. 
that needs to be a that needs that needs to be a monument right there. That that twenty years next month. Twenty years. Oh man. Yep. And Tovera Cruz. But but going oh, sorry sorry so hey but here's the thing with Veracruz. So they're, they're rem- the state of Veracruz is basically investing money to remodel this because they want to bring back uh, they want to bring back uh, the first the team first division. But they can't use the Tiburones name. Right, and I, and I retweeted that where you had the governor of Veracruz saying that because of so and so general, you know, so it was basically you know throwing shade at at uh, Curi. at uh, Curi, right? That because Curi is still maintaining, you know, he's still fight, saying he that it, you know no? He apparently so. Franchise. He owns a franchise. He he like he owns the name. The name. He owns, well, he he owns, owns the tree. The uh, he owns everything. The colors. Everything. Minus the trophy. Minus the stadium. Minus the stadium. But uh, so he also now owns the money. He didn't pay out to the players, right? So, so yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so, so if you're a kid, <laughs> so if you're a fan, so if you're a fan of Veracruz. And you've always been a Tiburones Rojos fan. And then a new team. Now you're going to be a colors, Buccaneer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to care, around. No, they will. Because nice ultimately, ultimately, they know that maybe in five years, they're going to pull the plug on that project. And you know what? At least I can still root for Chivas. <laughs> At least I can still root for, for Cruz Azul. I can still root Ronnie. for America. Ron, I wanted to ask if you remembered when there was a two Veracruz. So one yeah, played in first and one in second. And what I guess I, I wasn't paying that much attention, but were they wearing the exact same uniform? I know they're wearing the same colors. They were wearing the same colors, but but <laughs> one of them wasn't using the Tiburones Rojos. Because if I recall, I think I think it was the I think the one I if I recall correctly, I'd have to look it up, but I think the one the imposter basically went to Chiapas, <laughs> if I recall. You know? What year was that? So, you, got, you got me remembering all of that right now. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in front of my computer, dude. I don't remember. I want, I want to say this was in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Like 07 or something? Like, no, uh, no or, earlier. It was, it, it was, was earlier. Wait, was Guatemala playing for them? Uh, Guatemala played in 04. No, he played in 04, yes. Because in 05, he came back. Because 04, remember he had that the round of fisticuffs against the South Carolina players where they were throwing, you know, real buck, you know, real barrels and all that? <laughs> you remember that? No. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Wait, the, yeah. the, the throwing the wheelbarrows, that was the America fan. Yeah, I know, I know. But that was in, that was in 2004. So they got fed up with Gautemo's antics because they thought he instigated it because he was, he was throwing, you know, he was throwing around his fisticuffs, you know? So, so then how did the stadium so, leave stuff like that, Ron? How did Azteca well, leave wheelbarrows and construction material during the game? When you go to Azteca Stadium, there's like a moat around it, okay? It's a small one. It's not as, it's not uh, as big as like the one from Veracruz. <laughs> so I guess the groundkeepers, they thought, hey, these guys are going to jump over, you know? <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So, so you're nominating Cuauhtémoc hitting Faitelson as the as the uh, the logo for the new Veracruz team. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, that's that's a Tucson something like that. 
that that could be something that you know people from Veracruz can get behind. You know, like I remember, I remember a couple. Like was it like two years ago? Whatever. Like the, the you know the uh, the five hundred years uh, anniversary of of uh, the landing of the Spanish. You know the Spanish uh, conquistadors in Veracruz. You know they were you know commemorating that, mm. and it's like I don't know like two three years back, and uh, and just the means. You're reminding Faisal that, that you know one of the, you know the most important events in, in Veracruz history was you know the landing of the, <laughs> the landing of, uh, of you know the Spanish and el putazo. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's like, that's I mean, that's like I said. I, I just I uh, I'd like to see. I personally would like to see you know just you know the franchise model in Mexico because. Like I said, promotion relegation is, is just, it's just, you're going through the motions. It, it's been a joke in Mexico, to be honest, for years. Since, for ever years. since they went into the tabla de porcentaje. You know, that was complete yeah. bullshit. Yeah, that they, is, were trying to, they were trying to copy uh, the Argentine League over that one. Yeah, and it's also to protect the big team. So if you had one bad season, you weren't relegated because the percentage. But here's, the, but here's the thing. That that was the argument that I never bought into. That that promotion, the 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 the, the coefficient, you know, was there to protect yeah. the big team. I I didn't. It was actually it actually it actually helped the smaller teams because they could afford. You know, you could afford you could afford to basically screw up a little, and and in theory, and in theory. That was that should have been used to basically help the smaller teams mm-hmm. plan and develop, knowing that just because you had a one, you know, one a bad, you know, bad one six bad months, season. one bad season, you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to basically pull the plug. You could still relax. You could still breathe a little. I actually, I have a because, question about that because what happened at Colibri? How? Why were they relegated so quickly? Because they they uh, they bought into uh, a franchise and they took and they took it out because they were only there. They basically bought a franchise, so they had they accumulated that franchise accumulated points oh. because remember the coach. So, okay, so so well, what team was it originally? Then, I forget, dude. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not in front of my computer. But basically, the thing was that back then you had the coefficient. You know, you had yeah. the, the percentages, the yeah. coefficient, the average, the way. So the aggregate, so that it took into account, it took into account uh, three years, which is six seasons. But if you were, uh, but if you were, you know, recently, you know, promoted, you know, it wouldn't, you know, if you were recently promoted, and you had the worst percentage, you know, the the, the points at the end of one, you know, one, you know, calendar year, which is two seasons, and if you're last, boom, you're out of there. So that's why I've been saying that. You know, if it, if it waited, you know, three years, six seasons, it's not there to benefit America Chivas. It's actually there to benefit the, like the Irapuatos and the and the Pachuca. Yeah, but, but it would protect them in case of one bad season. You're not, yeah. You know, you're you're not out. Oh, so yeah, they they but, re, they replace Elaya. Yeah, but but see, because Ron, because yeah. my take is basically you have some of the teams. And there was only going to be a handful that are the money yeah. makers that they're yeah. going to put asses in the seat and bring ratings. 
So you yeah. need them. And even the small teams need them because that's their payday when they pay when they play those big teams, that's when they, they make their money. So that was in a way also for like, you know, if if we lose one of these bigger teams, it's gonna affect everyone in the pocket. Yeah. Do, do you remember when uh, Puebla when uh, what's his name? Uh Bernat that was the owner. Uh, do you remember they played America? America went into Puebla, and mysteriously, the day after, the 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 um, the ticket the t you know the ticket office got raided, and they they stole all the the money. They stole all the money from the uh, from the ticket sales. Damn. And they never found out who who did it. You know. That's crazy. Does that mean they gave America? They're cut, dude. No, they, it was an inside job. I mean, you know, they were speculating that it was an inside job, and uh, and obviously, you know, Bernat basically, you know, because they obviously they made the report that that criminals went in there and they and they took they took the money. So the money was insured, huh? <laughs> yeah. So Colibri took so, over Celaya's uh, uh, position in first division. That's how they got in. Yeah, so that's why that's why they uh, they were only able to uh, to play you know three you know six months. Yeah, I almost like forgot it. Like I was like, was that just like a dream? Because I remember as a kid that that team. I was like, oh, Hummingbirds. That's that's an interesting team. I've never heard of them before. And yeah, they just they were just like a blip. Like gone, came and went. Just <laughs> like there, there was there was, there was a. a a TV Azteca report. In fact, if you probably look for it, you could probably still find it on YouTube. But basic, I remember the first time when I saw this, the guy, the owner of Colibris, uh, he he was a businessman. He owned a airplanes, a now defunct air, you know, airline, and um, and I just remember, you know, there was always reports of him being late, you know, with uh, paying mm -hmm. the players, yeah, yeah, with payment. So. And I just remember that he, you know, you, the the reporter from uh, TV Azteca was basically, you know, recording them, and he's right there playing, paying the players cash. And I was thinking to myself, that looks so bad. That that, <laughs> that I'm saying that looks bush league. You know, you know, teams that were like a bleep. That's pretty much Lobos Buap. Yeah, yeah, but they actually lasted an entire and, season. Like I know, but still, it's like like yeah. some people probably already forgot about them. It's them like, and uh, Indios. Oh yeah, yeah, that is. Indios de Ciudad Juarez. I mean, that's why I keep yeah. saying that they're gonna merge. Cause think about it, like we got Mekis, you could get rid of Mazatlan, Querétaro, Puebla, Mesquita, San Luis, Juarez. And MLS, I mean, you could say the same thing. MLS, you could get rid of Colorado Rapids, Minnesota. <laughs> nah, they're uh, one of the OGs, bro. You can't get rid of Colorado. Man, I don't, I don't think there will be a merge. Man, I track nothing. Same thing with uh, Chicago Fire next to the city, but like the team, like that team just sucks. Uh, same thing with a couple others. Oh, like Cincinnati. Same thing. Austin. Austin. There will be a merge, though. Not. Like, this is the league. It's just going to be a, a cup tournament, which might become, like, the, the bigger tournament, just the way Champions League is 
you know, for Victor Garmahi, you're probably bored of winning there. I hear uh hear an echo. Is it me? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sitting on the pothole? No, I think my name is He's on the pot. He's on the pot. No, I shouldn't have echo. I mean I have uh Is it still? Is it still there? Well, if we talk, yeah. If we talk, yeah. Oh, I'm already started. I'll be back. What were you saying, Pastor? No, I was just saying. I think they are going to merge. I had said this a few shows back. You know, the NFL revenue combined is superior to the top five leagues in Europe, mm-hmm. and the MLS and both Liga Mekis are aware of the U.S dollar with the strength because you know they see it with all the moleto games yeah and everyone thinks the distance is too far i mean it's not even that far because look even like from guadalajara to new york if you do like a non-stop flight it's like five hours and 11 minutes not saying you know chivas is gonna be playing all the east coast teams but they can ma- definitely make it work where like parts of the teams are playing like west coast and midwest and then the northern teams are playing u.s midwest and east coast mm-hmm. And then you would also get rid of some teams because you would have to, probably like the northern ones with snow or something. But there is teams, there's like four or six teams from each league you could drop, and most people wouldn't care. And if you combine it, where now you have Chivas in America and, you know, the the northern border teams playing official games that count for championship in the U.S., think all the money that's going to draw in. If Mexico could play its World Cup qualifiers in L.A. and Houston and stuff like that, they would. Yeah. I don't know if the American uh, investors in those small markets would be happy, though. They what had, do you mean? They would have Because they, they pay their franchise fee, they would be upset if all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that, well, I mean, that's something they would need to figure out. But as far as the teams come in, they'd be happy. Like, I live in St. Louis, and America's coming for the Leagues Cup. And I was, I was surprised by the reaction. All these, like, Americans in a small Midwest city like St. Louis know America, and they're excited that we have a big powerhouse team coming over, according to them. Uh, the owners are happy as well because they're going to be able to spotlight the new stadium against an important team, you know, per their words. So I think a lot of folks would be open to it. Cause Wait, who's it would in make St. Their... Louis? What's that? What MLS team is in St. Louis? It's new. They're about to have their debut season. Oh, they're new. So, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm like, there's no St. St. Louis team. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, it would increase the value of a lot of, you know, like Monterrey and Tigres. They're trying to go international with their branding as far as their money and everything. I think a lot of teams, a lot of owners on both sides would be content with it because it would increase the value of their franchise exponentially anywhere from mm-hmm. like i think lafc is what valued over a billion now that's crazy they're like the first soccer team in the mls to be valued over that much is like one point something billion. is there even a mexican club valued at one billion i don't think so no i don't think so so why would they be opposed to that all they gotta do is do more transparency as far as like the financials and the numbers but you see america already making the moves by splitting 
Televisa and America as its own business structure. I think like, we'll. I just feel we'll, like the signs are there. I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next five years. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 20, 25 years, there's some form of merge. We'll see what happens in the summertime with this League's Cup. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's like a beta test. And if, and if the numbers make sense, freaking Joel, man. Freaking Joel, man. Mute yourself, dog. Mute yourself, dog. Yeah. Uh, he's got to fix his audio. Uh, no, the League's Cup is basically like a... Speaking of St. Louis. Huh? Speaking of St. Louis. Um, uh, speaking of St. Louis, did you guys, did you ever watch the movie uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation? Mm, a long time ago. That's veteran time. Like when, you know, <laughs> when, uh, when they pull into St. Louis at night and ask for directions. <laughs> and Chevy Chase, you know. Nah, I haven't. Three directions. Fuck no mama. Thank you. Nah. Never mind. Yeah, it's an audition. You know, we'll see if the numbers make sense. I think Liga Mekis and the MLS are very curious to see the, the numbers. You know, the TV ratings, the views, the the attendance. And obviously, if the numbers make sense... Then it will it will make for a a strong recommendation of maybe incre- well, the, the, increasing the, the I would say just increasing the frequency of these of these uh, opportunities. But as far as like a full blown league, I I just don't see it happening, man. I see it happening. What question: uh, Are you going to be attending? Uh, are you going to be attending a uh, super league? Even Tony Cruz came out and said, you know, fans are saying. Who would want to watch Manchester City versus Real Madrid every week in, week out? And Tony Cruz said, I never got tired of watching Federer versus Nadal face each other hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. So even the players in Europe are pushing for, you know, a higher level of competition, which in this case would be the Super League, and having the top of the top just consistently play each other and obviously taking out the small guys, which is what fans are opposed to. But I just feel like everyone's moving in that direction as far as revenue. Because you got to realize, not it's not just the business, but it's also entertainment. So, like, the mm-hmm. other day, Querétaro and Mazatlán played. Who in the right mind is watching Querétaro versus Mazatlán? I'm watching the regulation battle in England because it's pretty damn entertaining. But that's relegation battle. There yeah. ain't no regulation between Querétaro and Mazatlán. Now they were getting relegated. Yeah, I definitely watched to see who's gonna survive, who's not. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I love the Premier League so much. It's like, yeah, you have your top four, you know, battling for the league, but the league itself can be broken into like three different battles. You got the teams fighting for the title, you got the teams fighting for just a, a spot in the European tournaments, and then you got you got the rele- relegation battle, and that in itself is is uh pretty pretty entertaining so i like how that league is is set up in mexico obviously things are a lot different here i think Liga is going to continue to to be the money the money maker the breadwinner um don't really want to talk too much about mls but i do have to bring up the fact that they have announced like their playoff schedule or playoff bracket for this year and it's very confusing they're taking like the top seven teams from each conference. 
and then they're gonna do like a wild card for the remaining like eight and nine spots they're just gonna fight it out and then they're gonna do like a best of three in the first round which is very confusing i don't know it's why the dumbest thing in the world yeah it's like you have to win best of three and it's home away home and i'm like dude like that's fine you guys can can do this but just liga mekis don't get any ideas that's all i'm saying so they're going kind of a baseball style is what is, is what it's sounding like it's very for, confusing for yeah and the teams were yeah, informed today you know like the league kicks off like less than a week or something and it's like they just found out today how they're going to qualify for the playoffs yeah i just think it's stupid because like you know elbow's saying it's like a baseball thing but baseball's not as physically demanding as soccer or even if you look like at basketball hockey it's on the smaller space as far as the court and the rink but you're having players run anywhere from 8 to 13 kilometers per game and having to do that three times. And imagine the first one ends 1-1, one, one, the second one ends 2-2, two, two, and then the third one ends 0-0 zero, zero, and they go to PKs. It's like we should have just done the ida y vuelta and go to PKs. Obviously, it's a revenue move. I guess they're copying that off Liga Mekis trying to make juice it as much as possible. But I just think from the physical demand that you're putting on the players, it's just worthless. I think from my understanding is the matches cannot end in a draw and it's like the goals are not like accumulated. So it's like, it's just like you win the match, you know? It's how much, like, how much did Apple influences? Huh? Oh how yeah. Much did that's, Apple... that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I know for sure. Apple made the call on this one. I don't know why though. Like, have they not? Have the executives at Apple never watched the fucking game of soccer? Like, odd numbers just don't don't, what, don't fucking work, man. When I when I read about you know I didn't really you know read into detail like the, the, how the whole MLS, but I was like I was reading just little bits of it that was a little complicated, and it didn't make sense. And I just read some comments on Twitter saying that you know Apple basically uh, had something to do with this. And like the first thing I thought about was like you know like the first Super Bowl, where they had where uh, because of the tele because of the TV uh-huh. they had to redo they had to redo a kickoff you know because of the, because the network called for it. So during oh. the game you know they had already kicked off and stuff like that but they missed it whatever so the basically the network said uh uh-uh, uh guys you got to do it over again. You know but hey they pay the bills. I got to listen to should BS excuse. For themselves, they should have said, "We're switching over because our fans are used to watching leagues that have this format, so that's why we're doing it." It would have been more believable on the MLS end. Uh, well, did you see? Your, did you see what I think? I think it was Neville, the coach, that, that's criticizing. Um, uh, yeah, he he was talking hella shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I think there was a famous football game, right? Uh, like, uh, I, think, I want to say it was a Raiders game. It was like the Heidi Bowl. Like, they they weren't able to continue to, like, cover the match because it was, it was cutting into the to the other. To the movie Heidi, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy, bro. It's all in the 70s. Networks rule. That said, uh, you had me thinking when you were talking about uh, – 
like having some sort of like Super Copa or all, something like that. And somebody mentioned the ratings, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, I think it was Ron or or, or Joel that were talking about uh, streaming. At the end of the day, everything's going to go streaming at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be whoever pays the, the the whole streaming fee. Was that you, uh, Ron, that, that was bringing up the whole streaming wars? Well, yeah, because the streaming wars, because, um, you know, back in the 90s, it was the TV wars. Now it's going to be the streaming wars. Eventually, eventually, it's, you know, the, it's going to have to get better, you know, and, you and uh, yeah, a couple of years, a couple of weeks back, uh, Maka, the former Medio Tiempo uh, guy, had a hell of a good, you know, had a hell of a take on, on the streaming, you know, you know, chaos in Mexico. Uh, what's the name? Uh, Mauricio Cabrera, Maca. Yep. Yeah, same. he had a very, yeah, he had a very, very good, uh, you know, uh, uh, video, you know, short reel, just talking about how just how stupid, how stupid Liga MX is handling, you know, the whole uh, streaming viewing because it, it really is hard. I mean, and it's funny because for for the for the fan in Mexico in the U.S. It was a lot easier to watch the games. Now, and the ones, and it's funny because the fans in Mexico living in Mexico, they were the ones that complaining. And in and, and, and like for example, like, and one of the common, you know, you know, things that uh, that they complain about is that I didn't, you know, it's been a while since I've watched a game in Mexico, but like on the TV. But like when I see screenshots of people complaining about just the amount of ads that that they air during the game. Where like sometimes you can't even see the game. Do that, and um, what's that? Do that, I I don't remember which ones. I don't know oh. if it's Sky or I'm not. I don't remember who. But but like it's stuff. <laughs> no, but it's kind of it's kind of it's it's like, I mean, I I think he he was dead on with just the sentiment that many many fans now on both sides of the border. Uh, feel when it comes to how to watch, uh, you know, Liga MX, you know, because it used to be so easy, at least for 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 the ones living here. Oh yeah, no, now now I'm I'm clicking around to ESPN Deportes, Fox Deportes, freaking uh, Telemundo, and I guess now they're throwing in the whole uh, what is it, VIX? Yeah. So oh, yeah, no, dude, you, I you, hate VIX so much. I regret, I, re, I regret, you know, uh, getting, letting go of cable. I really do. Yeah, you but know? you can't even watch soccer on cable anymore, dude. I mean, you have to have, like, the right package to to cover all your bases. In fact, if you go to soccerchronicle.com, I made an article explaining how to watch Liga Mekis in this yeah, I season. That. I and it's, yeah, uh, I that. you need to have, like, a freaking master's degree to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, my experience with VIX Plus is is just absolutely horrible. They they've uh they've done that Champions League, unfortunately. So like today's match, Napoli versus uh, Frankfurt, you had to have VIX to have to watch it. And be, no matter like if you if you're paying for it or like you you have to watch two unskippable ads if you decide to like click into it. And it's very annoying because like the the game is is happening right. At first, I was very confused. I'm like, is it halftime? Like, why am I seeing ads right now? This is a paid subscription. No, there's two unskippable ads before you even get to get into the action. So, yeah, it's it's the worst, man. 
absolutely. Now, who, who owns VIX? Because uh, it's not it's not uh, um, Univision, is it? I think it is because, I mean, it's the same network. So like, I guess to, to me, aren't they undercutting themselves by by uh, by having done the Teuden, which was supposed to be where they were playing their soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And now they have VIX where they're going to play other games. So, yeah, is it not I a little bit of an undercut? I don't understand so, uh, the, the idea behind when it. Shown, when have you shown really screwed themselves over by losing the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's kind of like that's in a way that's kind of their downfall. Which I actually like their shows a lot better, but they really, really screwed up um, by not uh, outbidding Telemundo. Well, sometimes they would, you know, I was actually excited the fact that you could watch Champions League football uh, on an antenna. You could watch it on Unimas and Univision, and now it's like you have to have VIX+. Plus. I feel like the Unimas network, like they're just like, nah, we're not going to give it to them for free anymore. And some of the Mekis matches are also uh, on VIX+, Plus, but it, it has a tendency to be like the smaller clubs. Um I think they've learned their lesson not to put like an America match or a Chivas match on, on VIX plus because people just get really pissed off. Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. And like you were mentioning with Mexico's shooting themselves in the foot as far as with streaming. If you want to watch like Premier League on Paramount Plus with Mexico, it's about five hundred dollars not five hundred dollars, five hundred pesos for the whole season. But if you want to watch like Liga Mekis, it's like 500 pesos a month. And obviously, if you watch legally, I mean, now it's just with the internet, everyone just finds a, you know that shady link to watch. But it's just crazy that you could watch a high-end product like the Premier League <laughs> for 500 pesos for a full year. But to watch your own local league, you got to watch 500 pesos if you want to do it right every single month. <laughs> Yeah, people make like 300 pesos a day out there. I mean, some places, you know, it's like that. You can't afford that shit. No, you can't. You know? And you get into some, some rural ass areas with no Wi Fi. Wi Fi. Go ahead, man. You got to fix your audio, bro. You got to fix your audio, bro. What happens in the You sound very different. And if we talk, if we talk, it's an echo. It's an echo. Oh, one last chance. <laughs> Whatever you're doing the other episodes, just go back to that. Because, yeah, you sound distant. You sound like if you were on speaker and super far away. I still think he's on the pot, man. It sounds like it. Well, we've made uh, what, an hour without talking about actual Liga Mekis matches. Uh, Cruz Azul got rid of uh, El Potro, and they've had a few names in the hat. You know, it was crazy. I was watching uh, Fútbol Picante, and like Hugo Sanchez is on there, and like the head. You know how they always had like the headline under the score scoreboard, um, the ticker, and they're like Hugo Sanchez is con- being considered for the you know for the Cruz Azul like team. And I'm like, this is weird that you're like breaking this news, and the guy that you're talking about is like, like part of the panel, and Hugo Sanchez was like very like proud about talking about it. I'm like, dude, I don't think they're gonna call. I don't think I don't think they're even considering you. 
And uh, they end up going with Tuca Ferretti. I, I wish Abdias was here to take his uh, to have his hot take because he's a Cruz Azul fan. But uh, what do you guys think of Tuca Ferretti coaching Cruz Azul? It feels feels weird. It doesn't make sense because Tuca is the kind of guy that likes having full control, like a Tigres. And if you look at Cruz Azul, you know, like multiple influences, people fighting with each other within the institution. It's not going to be institution and ownership that's going to give him the full control he's looking for. I would, I, it's, I think it's a three-year contract. I would be surprised if it didn't last a year, to be honest. I, th- I think Tuca just wanted to get back into coaching, probably yeah. still had that itch, right? Um, and again, he's a, you know, he's a proven winner. So they probably figured that that might be the safe bet in trying to bring him in. I think Ugo probably really was a candidate because I know he'd been a candidate before when um, – what's the name of the guy who broke the uh, the curse for Cruz Azul? Reynoso. Reynoso. Reynoso, yeah. When Reynoso uh, got the job, he was a candidate then as well. Mm. But uh, but no, man, I, I, I hate to see Ugo because he just looks desperate, man. <laughs> he hasn't coached in a decade, man. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny thing, right? Uh, you know, he his coaching career what started uh, what in two thousand like three or four? No, wait, what, what year was it? What year was that? Two th- when they won the uh, when they won the first before, one against Chivas, that was two thousand four. That was an oh four. That was oh four. That was first one was at Chivas, and then, and then the next one was against Monterrey. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he, his coaching, I think his first coaching stint, if I recall, was. The national came back in 2000 during that, uh, what is it, the U.S. Nike Cup or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. And he brought hella Pumas cool players to that one, right? Yep. And then uh, then he got the, the Pumas gig, and then, uh, you know, he, he had a he had a good little run there for a bit and gone. Uh, you know, part part of it is, I think, you know, he's been, well, you know. Well, he went to Europe after his that, own no? horn. He's his own worst enemy, right? Just continues to blow his own horn. Yeah, but I would have liked to have seen him get the get the gig just to see, just to see what he still has left in terms of of, of coaching. But uh, for Cruz Azul, Tuca is probably the safer bet. I'm gonna try and bring Joel back in. Uh, Joel, give it a shot. Hello. Yep. Sounds way better now. All right. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll let uh, Codazo finish. I, I had a hot take from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> what is it? Oh, you're done with the whole Hugo? Yeah, yeah. You can, you can talk. Well, basically, uh, on the talk of merger, because... I don't see it as being a merger with, I mean, they are combining, but they're not becoming one league. You, you know, so it's like Champions League. It's, it's all the leagues playing the same tournament, but it's not, you know, it's not its own. They didn't, you know, do away with their individual leagues. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of won't, it's a possibility, but so we, we look back to when, they wanted to do that in Europe and you had the G14 and it was like the top 14 teams of the different European leagues. 
And this goes back to 98 and they haven't been able to do that. Um, and then just combine it into one league. Uh, and so if, if over here, if, if MLS and Liga MX were to combine, you know, become one league, then that would just open the door for other mergers. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're basically, that's sort of like going against FIFA. So I know FIFA would fight it. And at that point, you would even, we would be looking at, at a split between club and national team. And we would see something like the World Cup and World Cup tournaments being played. And and so then you would kind of have to choose what, what you want to see. What career path, it, yeah. No, not career path. Like what you want to be seeing, like the national team or you want to be seeing a club team because they would they could do the World Cup and be like, all right, fuck it. World Cup's every two years. So you'll have, you know, everything would just pile on and you'll have, and so national teams would now have way more games. And so that would become like, at least for TV, become the big competition. And so it would, it would like change the whole picture. So I, I just like for this, for this that we've been seeing like this, like, like a cup between the two, the two leagues, that's something that's been going on basically since MLS came into the picture which they kind of known uh, what's the most popular teams in the U.S. and it's always it's been the Mexican teams, so it's always made sense for them. All right, well let's play against them. Let's try to have tournaments. It just teams in Mexico haven't taken them serious for many reasons. Sometimes the timing, you know, and so it was like it, it just didn't benefit them. So, but but I mean, I think if it, um, eventually. You would see, and then I've been telling you guys this, where they would invite teams from other leagues. So this cup would turn into its like own Champions League, and you would even see like South American teams. That would and be like a, best case scenario. Well, I mean, but that's ultimately you have to start somewhere, you know. And so that's why I've always been a bit surprised how all the pushback I see from fellow Liga MX fans, where there's like. I get it. I want to go back to Libertadores too, but at the same time, I wouldn't be against having our own tournament and and starting that and being like the pioneers of that, you know, of, of doing a, a tournament and the Mexican teams being like like an important part of that, like you know, of of getting that tournament going. Joel, but wouldn't that be treated a little bit more like a, uh, what's it called, a Mundial de Clubes? Because, again, to get like if you start inviting other teams, like South American teams, for example, now you're running into the travel time issue. Like yeah, you're but we, long we, distances. it is, but we saw it already. And so I, I guess, it, I think it can work. We saw, it, remember them, oh, what was it, Merco Norte? Right? So we, when oh, we've had... Be. We've had Mexican teams already in Libertadores, and it wasn't much of an issue. And so, I do think, I do think if they, it's just going to come down to, to getting the calendar. But I, I do think if the, if it's the tournament that blows up, like it's it like say becomes its own Champions League, I do see like, 
the, the top South American teams preferring this tournament just because there's going to be more money, you know, and it's the bigger, bigger ex exposure and all of that. The reason I see it as a merger is uh, one, like you mentioned, you know, other countries who start merging and whatnot. I just, wait, can you guys hear me? So you're an echo. Am I good? Yeah, I don't hear an echo. No. Yeah, you're good, man. Okay, cool. Uh, so the merger, you got to realize, with so Mexico and the U.S., as far as their situation is unique. It's unique around the world as far as, like, the immigration and everything. Because, you know, like, looking even, like, U.S. and Canada, there's not a huge influence of Americans in Canada and vice versa. Spain, Portugal, same thing. The Mexico-USA situation is just unique. And you got to realize we, every single year, this world becomes more globalized, more interconnected. So it would only make sense as well from them. They share that special thing. And then other countries doing it is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, for example, like if in the Central Americas, like if Nicaragua, Guatemala, Salvador, Honduras, if they had one top league amongst them so where the travel time isn't that bad, and instead of having like two, three good teams per country and the rest being shitty, now you could have a league of like 12 good Central American teams. You could do the same thing like with Peru and Bolivia, Venezuela. So it's not necessarily as they'd be something opposed to if the world becomes more globalized, more interconnected, and then only makes the game stronger. And then I don't think it would compete with the national teams because that's why you do have a club World Cup, which is now going to be, what, 32 teams? I think South America gets six spots. CONCACAF gets three or four. And then you'll still have the World Cup. But I just think that globalization and the unique situation that Mexico and the U.S. have, that can definitely lead to a merger. And like I said, I don't think it's within the next 10 years. I would expect something more like 20 to 25 years from now. Well, it becomes for players because... MLS has come in the last 20 years. So why is that connection that they're growing now? Because that connection starting to grow now even more than ever. Why couldn't it happen in the next 20 years? Because it seems like they're giving us the warning signs on not just their actions, but their words. We'll see what happens. Take it day by day. Super League's Cup or League's Cup is, is in the summertime. We'll reevaluate what happens after that. Um, talking back to Liga Meki's action. We got to talk about Rayados, man. Under Vucetic, they've only lost one game, and that was to the mighty Chivas in the first <laughs> fixture of the, of the season. After that, it's been seven straight victories. And then the other team in, in Monterrey, Tigres, are... Right behind them with 18 points. You have America in third, Pachuca in fourth, and Chivas in fifth. So far, how do you guys feel about the new league um, and about your teams? So I'm not going to lie, man, and I know you're going to hate the sound of this, uh, Jaime. But uh, the the Chivas team right now is really reminding me of a Vucet, uh, a Vucetic team. They're def they're de they're defending well. 
they're getting some wins and some draws, and you know they're ha- hanging in there like mid table or mid uh, fifth, right? Yeah, I don't hate you for that, Colasso. What's that? I, I don't hate you for that. Oh, I know you don't. I, I'm just gonna punch <laughs> me in the face, though, man. <laughs> but uh, like Buse, Buse was right. That's what I'm hearing from you. Buse was right all along. Oh, I'm not. A, I'm not a Buse hater. <laughs> Oh, uh, says that playing with Mexicans was the weakness, so I don't know if he was right all along. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think, uh, you know, in chatting with uh, our boy Pichichi the, uh, the other day, he mentioned that there was some improvement this last game. I, I, had, I had people over, so I didn't get a chance to watch this last one, but he saw maybe a little bit more fluidity in, 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 in it. And, you know, I know we, we, we had talked about... Um, how in the preseason Chivas looked pretty fluid, that there was some pretty good cohesion. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe there, uh, there's going to be a, uh, you know, maybe they are starting to kind of gel a little bit. They know what. Oh, you cut out their elbow. A lost elbow. Can you guys hear me? Hello? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, man, did I lose him? Yeah, I could hear him. Oh, there he goes, there he goes. There's everybody. Yeah. Okay. I think we lost so, you. I've been hearing him the whole time. Oh, shit. Yeah, me too. Oh, shit, it's Jaime. Yeah, it was probably no, so, like, Jaime, what I was saying is that uh, that I think Pauno had, like, knows what he's working with now. It's He's not getting Jota Jota back. <sighs> he's, he's not getting Alexis back. You know? This is what he's playing with, and, and he's going to let them gel. Uh, wait, wait. Did I miss out on something? What do you mean he's not getting Alexis back? Well, he's injured. Yeah, but wasn't he injured like for three weeks? He's He'll be back. Well, no, no, no. What I mean is like two years. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's true, though. <laughs> no, I understand, but wasn't Alexis when he originally got hurt against Juarez? He was supposed to be like out three, four weeks. It was like three to six, no, or something. I don't know. He originally got hurt like before he joined Chivas. Yeah, <laughs> he's dude. He came damaged. He's damaged, but salvage, salvage title. He's yeah. He's like he's like that car that you keep putting parts. <laughs> it's got like a a different color fender. <laughs> It's got like the, you know, those cars you see on the road. It's got like the one fender that's like a different color than the rest of the body. It's, it's in primer. And then it's got a big ass bumper on the back. All right, Ron. Thanks for hopping on. All right, Ron. I'll see you guys. I will say um, when it comes to the news that broke out last week, I was very sad, man. Like such a tragic uh, thing that happened to Jota Jota Macias. Just like. This dude was uh, looking to come back. He was he looked good. He was in shape, and then to just like go through that again and to be out for another nine months. And I've been talking shit about the physical trainers this whole time. I'm like, dude, our physical trainers are trash. Like, what's up with these injuries? And why the hell was he being like pushed so hard? Or like, I don't know, man. Well, I think you know just from hearing a lot of a lot of that. Like these candid interviews with the players, when uh, and it's especially when if it's players that are no longer active, 
and you see how often they play injured or carry hurt. injuries. Mm-hmm. Even if, if you guys remember seeing the Maradona um, documentary that was on HBO and how they would just shoot him up with yep. painkillers for a match day. Yep. And this guy was kind of, And so I, I do think it's pretty common for a lot of these players. And it's sort of like, you know, just hope that it. No, I, it I agree be- that, you know, that's actually a thing that's obviously like known. But I do see a specific pattern with Chivas and injuries. And Larcamon even mentioned it that the day before the, the news broke, he had he had mentioned that, you know, Chivas sent sent him a broken player, uh, Canelo. And how they yeah. may, they might have like they might have pushed him too hard to re, you know, recover. Yeah, that's another one right there. Or or the players too, they they're like, I don't you know, I don't want to miss a season, and then it could, it, especially depending where they're at with their contract, and then this could cost me. It could, you know. Well, it was it, a, is, it was a World it, Cup year, right? So they might have felt like, hey, I need to push through the pain and see if I can go make a make my way to Qatar. Yeah, but I mean, it happens everywhere. Like, look at Tecatito. You remember Tata said. Hopefully, he was gonna be ready in time for the World Cup. They're gonna wait till the last day for him. Yeah. Tecatito just came back with Sevilla like this week since August. I know. What the fuck was Tata thinking? What What was the misunderstanding there? What Why was, was he... he under the impression that he might be ready last minute? What was he thinking with Raúl too, man? That dude was not at a hundred either. Yeah, but he down to the the faith Sevilla. the faith he had in the the Mexican player that. The... <laughs> He thought those were the only two, the only two good ones. Right? Nah, man. <laughs> he was. I I have a conspiracy theory that he was actually um, working for the AFA the whole time, <laughs> the entire time, bro. I think it's probably some promoter. So, so I do. I feel like something happened towards the last year, and it could just be the the simple case of like a, a lot of shit just fell apart. With like Torrado and some of the guys that brought him in were gone. Um, and that could be one, but I feel kind of like, like, like a lot of people say, like he seemed like to have just given up, you know? He was mentally checked out, dog. Yeah, you could see it in his face. It I saw like, him at the, at the press conference at Levi's after they lost to Colombia after having such a great, great first half. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, man. That dude was mentally checked out and then he had that that rant at the end of the at that press conference and it's like why now why why would you rant about this now about all the issues with Liga Mekis why would you do it right before like a World Cup and he just looked like he was done bro I think he lost faith in the Mex players I, I would like to see this interview we'll probably see it like in 5 or 10 years that that tells all and people won't care but I'll, I'll be I'm obviously going to be listening to <laughs> I still remember. They need to know. Yeah. No, then did he try to resign? So that's part of the other thing, right? So mm-hmm. supposedly, I mean, who knows? Because I mean, if he wanted to, he could have just been I'm out. You know, I don't think they put a gun to his head. He could have just quit. He could have just packed his bag and left. Just left the note on the table. <laughs> <laughs> He was trying to get fired, you know, because 
he's smart. He's like, if they fire me, I can collect unemployment. But if I <laughs> if I put my two weeks in, I got to find another job. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jaime, I did want to touch on something that uh, yeah. Martin, uh, Henry Martin had a, a doblete, right? For America? Uh, I don't watch America games, but sure. I know he's got like nine for the season. So in, ter- in terms of national team right now, it's Santi and uh, Henry Martin, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. unfortunately... Um, Fayaz Mori. Fayaz Mori. Fayaz Mori. Yep. Hey, Ponchito Gonzalez is playing exceptionally well for Monterrey. I know he's not a striker, but he's playing like that cultural level, that trophies level right now where they should get a call up as well. Ponch, man. That dude... He looked good at Atlas, then he just fell off the face of the earth. Went to Rayados. He's been he's been okay. He's been an average like player, right? But I don't think he's he's taking over uh, like a Luis Chavez's spot anytime soon, huh? I don't know about Luis Chavez, but this season he's playing really well for Monterrey. I mean, I'll take him over Herrera any day. I do want to ask you guys a question based on. The performance by Eduardo Chofis Lopez, and you know, you can also throw in bon, uh, Pocho Guzman. Are these guys, uh, do they merit a call up to the national team now? Yes, yes, yeah, they're like their team's best player for the most part. Why not? Do you think Diego Coca will go for it? I do, uh, at least for a Molero. At least for a Molero, even if he doesn't see them as part of his team, he would probably just call them up um, or like a friendlies or whatnot. But in the four-year cycle from start to finish, you know, uh, about 80 players will get called up to the national team. That's almost everyone in the Liga MX. You <laughs> Your chances are pretty high of getting at least one call up. I think you guys f- forget to re- remember that uh, it's not necessarily always based on merit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of players that would, and you know, compromise also that, that do in camps and whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see the first, uh, you know, call ups because it would be a strong indication of who's actually running this bitch <laughs> I'm waiting for him to get fired you want Piojo? cause that's no I don't want Piojo I just I don't know man something that, uh, that's we the have thing any is... Argentina fans out there it ain't you it's us we're the problem not you the problem I have with Mexico is that those Argentinos, like, nos pintan la cara de pendejos, and we still go back to them like as they were our saviors. It's like that one toxic girl that mistreats you, and you just go keep going back to her, keep going back to her. It's like, what are you guys doing, man? Like, in Argentina, they talk smack about us. They don't respect our league. They don't respect our national team. And then you go up there. Even Matias Almeida said it. You know, Mexico le da de comer al fútbol suramericano. And then you go and get them as your saviors. You experience a situation like with Tata where you even question his credibility if he tried his best to beat Argentina. And what's the thing you do? You go get a, get an Argentino? If you don't want to get a Mexican, you should at least went and got somebody else. 
I do think they should have gone with the Mexican coach this time around, but for whatever reason, they went this way, right? So, I mean, honestly, what has Diego Coca done, dude? He won the Bicampeonato with Atlas, which had a lot of suspicions with a lot of calls. Like, at least go for the guy who's playing with Mexican young players and is playing the tracks of football like Almada and Pachuca. Yeah, I can't even list one player that he's debuted. That was Mexican. That's what I'm saying. I just think the whole assignment was just politics. BS. And I'm sure Tigres were not happy with all this. This guy was supposed to be their, you know, their gallo. And uh, you get rid of Piojo, you have this plan. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, sorry, dog, I... You were a you were a backup plan. My my actual my actual plan was to be coach of the national team. And I'm curious to see how much the national team is paying him because he was like the best paid player in Liga Mekis with Tigres. Coach, it was like three four million dollars easily. Best best paid pl- coach, you mean? Yeah. yeah. So if he walked away from three four million with Tigres. How much is Liga Max paying him a year? I mean, FMF. Is he really making the most out of everybody? He was the most paid coach when oh, he shit. signed with Tigres. Damn. So that's another thing that pisses me out. Like, you guys are going to throw, what, $7 million a season to this guy? I'm actually what curious has, like, truly done? what his salary is for the national team. I wonder how much Tata made. I'm very curious to know that. I think Tata was, like, top five best paid at the World Cup. Damn. I think the number one was the guy from Germany. Damn. Uh, yeah, he was definitely number one, but I can't remember the other ones. But I thought that was top five. No fucking way, dog. Sheesh, that pisses me off even more. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you want to be careful what you what you wish for, uh, Al. Is uh, I I honestly think if they if uh, Coca doesn't last long. Or even if he does last a little bit longer, we think it's going to be Piojo. Ah, no, don't say that. No, it's the truth, man. I I, I, I really know. do. It feels like he burned some bridges. Yeah. No, he's, he's in Tijuana. And that's pretty yeah. much. And he is off to a the... great start, losing to Chivas and America <laughs> in less than a America. week. He has two years to get it together. Um, I think I, I, he, I see him as sort of a bombero, right? Like if uh... yeah, yeah, and that's what they're gonna remember at the end of the day. But he's a good coach. I mean, I think he'll eventually straighten that ship. He is not a good coach. Tijuana, his numbers say so, man. His numbers <laughs> are really good. How many times has he won? I think was he one? Yes, he has just one or two. If only there was a way we could look it up, right? If only yeah. there was, yeah. He has one Liga Mekis title, and he's a great coach. Is that all it takes? Yes. Dude, people <laughs> are on La Volpe's nuts, and he only has one. Yeah, but La Volpe, well. La Volpe he, did do well with the national team. I know, but look, this, I could argue that that people um, did better. His World Cup, to me, was better. Way better, even played way better, um, and against better opponents. And then 
he his Copa America with a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, but you can arguably say to... that the 2006 squad was probably one of the worst squads we've had in the World Cup. That's true. Like talent wise, I would put. Come on, man. We had Omar Bravo put... as our fucking delantero with Kikin Fonseca. I mean, that's I know, but disaster. But that's who La Volpe chose? He he left out. Well, that's because we didn't Cuauhtémoc have anything. Blanco. You had Cuauhtémoc Blanco. You had Bofo Bautista. There was other players. He just went with the ones he thought worked the best for him. Um, and some of those had come, were coming out of a pretty... So Piojo's yeah, honors it, are uh, Clausura 2013 with uh, America, Apertura 2018 with America. Uh, so yeah, one, one and one when he came Co back. Copa, right? M Co Copa so MX 2019, Campeón de Campeones 2019. And he won, he won the um, Gold the Cup Gold in 2015. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And his Copa America was scrubs, though, was good, man. He, he, at least how they played, because everyone was expecting a wash. Didn't they tie Chile? Didn't they, they pull a tie and it was in Chile? Actually, I think they did, yeah. I mean, this dude, the big reason they wanted him, Chile was like, yeah, give us Piojo. And, and that was, uh, you know, I, I, and, and I think I think Piojo is more effective in small doses, right? So if you don't give him a full cycle, you know, he yeah. has less of a chance to self-destruct, right? So well, we, And we've been seeing that at the World Cup. Some of the coaches that came in last minute ended yeah. up doing better than coaches that had been there for, like, Germany's coach for what's been, what, like eight years now, maybe? La Puente, La Puente oh. was one of those, yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know I, I don't know Jaime it, it kind of baffles me a little uh, maybe you just don't like Piojo but oh I, I, I don't, don't I don't like him <laughs> you don't have to I don't like him and up. I don't think he should deserve a second chance at the national team um, but if you look at his numbers yeah like but he hasn't we're talking about the past we're not talking about like his last couple of gigs there's a reason why Tigres fired him man this guy is a fucking bum now. Well, he, he, he and also like his uh, numbers, like I don't know what you mean by his numbers, because look with Atlante, Monterrey, Tiburones. Oh, Texas, see, you're Atlante, you're okay. Like, I'm a I'm a. No, you're right. You're right. I, I should then, I should clarify. After America, would... Tijuana, Tigres, like okay, he had a championships, but I mean America gave him a lot as well. From, from, from Cholos, his numbers improved around the time he went to Cholos, and he made him very competitive. And then with America, he he broke all type of records. His even like his his uh, win against the, all, all the classicos, it was very, very favorable. Uh, and then just always always being in the Liga, that was another big one for him. So Cholos and then America, and then coming back to America, those those numbers. Up. But yeah, if you go further back to when you started. When he was at Atlante and Tecos and was being relegated, yeah, those those numbers, of course, will paint a bad picture. But the more current ones, from when he when, you know, I, we could say maybe he came into his own, they've been really good. Yeah, hey, Jaime, don't get me wrong, I I hate Piojo. I, I want <laughs> I, I would I would love to fight him, man. <laughs> Just, just grab him by his I'll neck. I'll lose that fight if I go through the neck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
guy managed to grab him though. <laughs> and one coach. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But the the team owner, I know I know I, I, just bashing on the Argentinos for the national team, but I would go with a guy like Turco Mohamed. Same thing as Piojo. He's a ticky time bomb. But look at a Turco. He's won titles with Monterrey, America, Tijuana, uh, titles in Brazil. He's won Sudamericana. Like, I feel like Turco comes in, gives you one great season, gives you the chip, and then, like, blows up. Yeah. No, and, and, and I think so, – and, 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 again, this is this is the only reason I think uh, Piojo's next is be, because – because of that, you, you know, there, it, it sounds like uh, per what the, the the press is reporting that it's it's going to be a pretty short leash on Coca, right? If he doesn't win Nations League and and yeah, Coca, short, short short leash from fans and media, right? Because that will put heavy pressure, and then that could pressure into the sponsors. But I, I yeah. so you're, you you're know, telling me this this project's dead on arrival. He's kind of just like uh, interim. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I just think that because uh, if, if you're telling if you're telling a coach, point. hey, we're gonna can you if you don't win the Nations League. What kind of fucking project are we doing then? A shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's know, like but, but this is they they have no intention of keeping him if if they're looking at the first sign of of failure, they're gonna be like you're out. Like I don't think you want to hold no, a guts a coach's head. Like I don't think that's a, that's a very good way of like showing confidence in that coach. What I don't see, I don't think it's it's when when I'm saying this, I don't think it's the committee or even the people that put him there. Similar to when uh, when Osorio was put there, and you had all this pushback after Copa America Centenario and the big seven zero, and everyone calling for his head, and they ended up keeping him. Separate. Things are a bit different now because of, of Mexico failing in the past World Cup. And then you have Mexico hosting the World Cup. And then you have uh, the TV rights that will be up soon. So that puts more pressure to kind of satisfy fans and sponsors because that's where the money comes from. So that's kind of more where it's where it would have to be like a total collapse for them to be like, all right, you know, but but I do feel the media and the fans from day one are going to be very critical, uh, and and they're just going to be, you know, because because the media's already sky is falling, chicken little, and making things. You know, it's bad when everyone's already hoping for him to fail. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. Like how toxic are we, bro? I'm sure if you go on Big Soccer right now, you'll find a thread. That says fuera coca, already. That's, that's cemetery though. Why? Why? I I think yeah. No, that's going to the cemetery. I know Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, and Reddit. I I, I agree. There there will be that, but but I I think um people have um underestimated Mexico. Like they even from World Cup qualifying, they were already saying like, oh, they're being surpassed. They're bad. Whatever. Whatever. And I believe they ended up being the team with the best record on the road, and, and they qualified second, and they weren't that many points off from first. So they make it seem like it's it's really bad when it's not. And no team in the region even dominated Mexico or came close. Sure, the U.S. got the best of them off of penalty kicks and off of a golden goal, but that's 
way different from like when we saw Mexico when they were on beast mode and they will beat the U.S. 4-0, 5-1. You know, they will complete dominate. And no team has really done that. Aside from that, Chile. well, one off in Honduras. No, in the region. I mean, oh, in the region. region. Yeah, and aside from like maybe during uh, Ojitos time, maybe in, in in Honduras or that. But you really, I think what the last time, when was it then? Nike, was it a Nike Cup when the U.S. beat Mexico like 3-0? That was like in 97. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking yeah. way too far back. I mean, even when no, because I'm going thirty to zero back then. What matters is the most recent results. And no, what thirty zero? This man keeps getting more level. Okay, yeah, but see, they're not I, I'm asking when dominating them either. But Mexico has never dominated them. That's my point too. Mexico has never really dominated them. We just the media has made it a big point, but they didn't. If you if you just look at Mexico's record. Uh, World Cup qualifying, they've struggled most often than not. I think, uh, you know, we just kind of get confused. Like, so for example, for World Cup 78, Mexico played all their games at Azteca. So they looked really good. But then they go to the World Cup and they get they get washed, right? But when they had to play in 82, when they had to play in Central America, they end up not qualifying. Uh, in 74 as well, when they had to play away, they end up not qualifying. Uh, 93 when for 94 World Cup again it took them to the last match against Canada so I mean they've 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 always kind of struggled I think the whole La Volpe did a disservice with the Pasamos Caminando mm -hmm. and he ended up having he ended up having a weak hexagonal group very weak it was just if you, if you see the teams Sankey and the players <laughs> yeah and that happened I think that's what happens a lot of times where I think Mex is strong enough that even the weakest Mex teams are still more competitive than the majority of CONCACAF. And that's not the same for these other teams where it's like, you, you know, it's very noticeable. But then every now and then, Honduras, Costa Rica, uh, you all of these teams could put strong teams and, and they'll complicate everyone. I've seen U.S. complicate Brazil, even Spain. Uh, and all these teams, and so when we act surprised when they do it to Max, like it's like it's not allowed, or they should it. Like how dare they? <laughs> when it's like, dude, that's been the history of the World Cup. No, no, the I, World think, Cup I, I think you made a good point with the. Uh, oh shit, we're echoing again. Uh, yeah. Is that me or? I think it's Hoel. Okay, hold on. I'm on mute. Well, dude, yeah. So I think uh, the think it was a disservice uh, when when. Uh, La Volpe made those comments, and yeah, you know when Mexico struggles in the, you know, qualifying, it, it the media does blow it up way out of proportion. Because I agree with Joel, I do recall, you know, multiple times that Mexico struggled to, 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 you know, finish in the top two, top three, right, or top two rather, uh, to qualify. But yeah, I mean, you got to remember that this is a that's the World Cup for some of these Central American teams, man. So they're going to do whatever they can to, to 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 screw it up for Mexico. So it's it's never easy. It's never an easy process for them. Um, I think the easiest I saw, and and I think they still qualified second, was was uh, uh, Osorio. 
Yeah. I was that that was a pretty simple process for them, but again, he qualified second. And now the whole and the whole thing with the US as well, it's cyclical, man. It it's always been cyclical or since you know the US got a professional league. Um, you know, Mexico owned them for a while, then US owned for a while, Mexico owned again, and now US has the edge right now. But but in 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 most of those games, uh I'll agree that uh Mexico has not been, you know, um uh, what do you call it, dominated in any of them. They just lost. Simple as that. Yeah. I had a thought, but then I lost it. Man, I think I'm getting old, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Talk my, to me when you're pushing 50, man. My birthday's on the 27th, so fuck. Um, of this one? Yeah, this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean... Not 30 yet. No, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Yeah. 30s? Are you ready? Yeah. It's going to be... Uh, oh, I, I, I remember. Um qualifying in, in Central America and how they treat it, you know, these matches as the, like, like the world cup. I saw some Central American activity, uh, last night in champions league football. I, I didn't know they did that out, out there, but in the hotel where Real Madrid was sleeping at, uh, Liverpool scouses, should I say, took the Liberty of setting off fireworks the entire night. And I'm like, where have I seen that before? Huh? <laughs> South America too happens a lot. This is true. Did we lose Jaime again? No, I'm here. Okay. We are uh, coming up on the two hour mark, so I do want to give you guys the the option of of closing with your. The closing thoughts, anything that's on your mind, anything that you're seeing in Liga Mekis that you may or may not like. Um, one thing I do want to add before we, we sign off, Chucky Lozano, man, having a great moment with Napoli. And Napoli themselves are ch- fucking just chucking along over there in City. Ah, they are they look they look like they're gonna win the the league and the way they're playing. Who knows, man? They might have a deep run in Champions League, and it's nice to see a player like Chucky Lozano finally get his flowers, and he got the MVP today. So, so big news for for Chucky today. Yes, sir. And that player on Napoli, whose name I cannot pronounce, uh, the striker, the guy from Georgia, the kid. Apparently, um, where his name is was Kirsten, You know the long ass name. The, the white one. I got to look him up now. <laughs> I'll look it up. Keep going. <laughs> uh, well, I'm even going to look it up. I can't pronounce it. Harvard Sishkila or whatever his name is. Just call him iChart. He plays num- number 77 on Napoli. He's from Georgia. Long ass name. Which Probably Georgia? Because like- there's countries and cities. <laughs> George with a name country. like that, the country. His name's like <laughs> Kishka Kavar Shakila or something. I don't know. Anyways, he's like considered like Napoli's best player right now. And there's serious rumors that Madrid's looking into him. 
but him, uh, Chuki and him, like, kind of, like, getting each other's way, so apparently that would open the door for Chuki. But the thing is, uh, Napoli's president had an interview with, I can't remember if it was there, in there or who, but he said that uh, his contract ends in summer 2024, and Chuki doesn't want to lower his wages, his salary. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't want to lower his wages, they're probably going to need to sell him this summer so he doesn't walk away for free. Damn. And, the re- and they're trying to lower his wages because, let's be honest, he's finally like taking off. But he's like top three best players on that team, and he hasn't been the most consistent guy as far as like starting goals, minutes. So I think we might see Chuki lead to the Premier League this summer. Or, or Tigres. Oh, no, my mess. <laughs> Don't put that curse on him. Oh, man. A move to the EPL seems inevitable. I would fucking love him in the Premier League or in La Liga, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm i also a fan of him just staying in, in Naples and becoming a, a club legend like Maradona. I think I think the Premier League would be a, a good fit for him. Yeah, I think his style. I think he'd be perfect like, for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Manchester United goes, they're going to be selling the club. And I think it's between, obviously, a chic and uh, a, a local billionaire from Manchester. So curious to see what happens there. And we need some, we need another Mexican at, at a Manchester United, man. I was watching that video of all the 50 goals that Chicharito scored, and I'm just like, fuck, man. It's can't believe it's been 10 years. So sad. Well, we'll eventually get somebody else. And then he'll go on to play for United, Madrid, become Mexico's all-time top scorer, and never be respected. I would <laughs> say he's a lucky goal poacher. That, you know, and then play in the MLS, right? That helped him get there. <laughs> that all his goals are lucky. and But in the rest of the world, he'll be respected. Yeah, maybe he'll get a life coach at one point. And then his life coach will fuck his wife. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, what you got for me, man? Damn. I think I, I said it all with the whole merger stuff. Uh, I don't think it'll be like the leagues merging, but a creation of a of a cup in, in the same fashion as Champions League. And I do think it has the potential to to blow up. I do think a, a big thing is like these these years leading into the World Cup. I think it's going to say a lot because you, especially we have that that Copa America, right? That Copa America Centenario style, or um, or, or I should just say Copa America in the U.S. Uh, and then how they're talking about having a Gold Cup that's similar to almost like a Confederations Cup where they're going to invite, you know, some pretty good teams from other countries. And then finally you have the World Cup and, and you have all, all those tournaments. And if that manages to win over uh, more more soccer fans in the U.S., 
I do think then it opens the doors for for something like like that cup tournament to to be successful. And I don't think it has to be like like um, that that many of 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 the population uh, becoming fans. It could be like maybe I don't know, fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that would. Because already as it is, it, it all draws like hockey and other stuff. So I mean, you you get some more numbers. I do think, uh, and because you know, right here it's TV. So if it gets to that point with with ratings become un, unquestionable, which you kind of see it with the women's one, but only for the women's. Uh, the the sad part for them is that it's it's only for the national team and only during the World Cup where they'll have like 11 million viewers watching the game. So, I mean, you already have, or I think, well, what is it? Like between the Chivas America, I think it's like 2 million. And that's the highest rated uh, soccer games in the U.S., 2 million. So um, if it gets doubled, you know, we're looking at maybe 4 or 5 million. I, I do think that will eventually lead to that. And that's that's more opportunities for for a lot of people, uh, even like podcasters. <laughs> just anyone that's into football, it, it, it just creates a lot of jobs. Ultimately, uh, all type of jobs. Just like even now, like with MLS, um, when they're what they're they're on, they want to do like almost thirty clubs. Dude, you could work. You know, I've seen a lot of people get jobs in clubs. So like, if you're into soccer. Uh, a lot of times it's not easy to, you know, to be a player. It's it's very difficult. It's less than 1% of, of of the kids trying out, which is like hundreds of thousands of kids trying out. Less than 1% will become pro. But, I mean, you could still, there's still a lot of jobs. If it's being a journalist, photographer, um, anything, media, even working in clubs, doing a bunch of different things, there's a lot of jobs. And, and so that's a lot of people that want to be like close to the game or tied to the game that there's, there's just a, so many opportunities there. Yes, sir. I'm excited. Uh, I, I've talked about it before how like yeah, the world cup, it, it created some sort of fever. It, it created some, some interest. And I, I even have, you know, close family, friends, and and just casuals that have the bug, man, and they're starting to watch Champions League football, and, and it's all because of the World Cup. And I can't imagine what the next one is going to do to soccer here in America. I th- I think. I, I huh. Do you think? Do you think it's also social media? Because now you wouldn't have to see a game, like before you would hear it, like, oh, did you see that? And then maybe you wouldn't watch it, but now it's like you're on Twitter, you're on TikTok, and you're seeing clips of a goal or or whatever story went viral. I, I do think that the internet and social media does have a, a large influence because now you're more connected than ever, right? And you don't necessarily have to watch ESPN to keep up with the highlights or read Soccer Mania magazine or... You know, like the, nowadays, the way we consume information is instantaneously and you can 
You can even now it's even gotten to the point where the coach, like the Spanish coach was, you know, broadcasting his, his press conferences on Twitch. Like we're getting so we're getting to that point, you know, with social media, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. So yeah, I always, that's obviously another, a big factor with, with, uh, especially with the younger generation, Gen Z. Cause like the, the kids talking to me about, Hey, tell me about the schedule for, you know, champions league. It's like, these are like Gen Z kids, man. Kids that I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life for you guys to talk to me about soccer, bro. I have, you know, 20, almost 30 years of, of experience. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to, to have a beer with someone at a pub and, and talk about the sport that I love and that I've experienced my entire life and, and sort of like pass it on to the next gen. And then like I was in San Jose uh, over the weekend having a beer with my younger cousin who's like, he's a Gen Z kid. He was born like in the early 2000s and this was literally his first Guinness. And we're having, we're just talking about like, you know, soccer and it was great. It was like a, like a two hour conversation. And then even the people in the pub were started to chime in and, and you could tell, man, you could tell that the world cup had a huge impact on, on, on Americans. Like it was people, yeah. people are now like trying to keep up. They're trying to be like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, what's Messi doing now? Where's he play? And where's Neymar and, and Ronaldo and, and Bappe, you know, like people want to know where these players play now for their club. Cause it's very confusing to them. You know, Americans don't really understand that you represent your country and you all, you also have a, a full-time job with your club. It's like, it's, it's a hard concept for Americans to understand because they're, they're used to just having like the NFL and the NBA and, and the MLB where you don't really necessarily suit up for your national team. Probably, probably just like the basketball with the Olympics. Yeah. That's everywhere. Like four years. Oh yeah. It's every four years yeah. as well. But I mean, do they even care? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard anything about, you know, aside from that first time they sent the dream team way back in what was it, ninety two? Because mm. uh, they would always send like prospects the, and young players, yeah. Yeah, the university players, I think. Yeah. But, but ninety. But and, yeah, I rarely hear talk of that, like you say, and that's the closest you get to to like a national team with the NBA, where they could send their best players to represent the Olympic team. And I would not be opposed to a two-year cycle of the World Cup as to four. I know it loses prestige, but honestly, like, I don't want to wait another four years to see a, a matchup between Mexico and Argentina or, or like, France versus, uh, what was the final? France and uh, fucking Argentina. Like, I don't want to wait another four years. For, and and nobody else wants to either. They want to see these but matches. You're competing. But now, you know you're competing for talent, which it, it probably opens the doors for more players. But it's like you're not gonna see like one like it's almost gonna be a career thing where the players would be in the national team for four to eight years. Yeah. Because you just can't do both. There'll be so many tournaments and they'll probably have to expand and maybe have like 30, 40 players per team that they have to have on payroll. Cause they don't pay right now. They, you know, they don't, they don't, national team doesn't pay wages. So they, they kind of have them on a free loan from the clubs. Mm -hmm. And, and, but if, if it was every two years, 
qualifiers, you'd be stuck between qualifiers and all that. So they would, they wouldn't, um, it would just change everything. Qualifiers might even be different. Might even be like a league. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, no, I, I hate waiting the four years, man, but I think doing it every two years would lose the mystique, man. That, that, the thing that gives you that excitement, that, 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 that rush that you're talking about, Jaime. Let's compromise. Let's do three years. <laughs> yeah, I like to count my life by World Cup, by what happens between World Cups. I want to count my life every two years. I want to track what, how much I've evolved compared to the last World Cup. My wife definitely would not be able to handle me every two years if if we had World Cups every two years. I <laughs> hit the lotto because I was required. I used my PTO time for the World Cup, so <laughs> that's not going to fly if I got to use a whole month every two years. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I, I have left to, to to go on for uh, for I guess this week is. Um, Seeing, you know, curious to see if uh, you know Chivas has this, this tough matchup. They beat Monterrey. Let's see if they can beat Tigres. We're going six for six in Nuevo Leon. You know, eh, would would be nice, man. Uh, Chivas has only lost one game this season, man, and that was against uh, El Señor Nacho Cuadro, right? And so, <laughs> your boy, does does Tigres even have a, a coach? Yeah, Chimarris, boy. That's right. Interim, but that's interim. He's not going to be the... I, I think they'll keep him. They'll probably tournament. keep him. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's my wonder, like, if they if they can play well enough to defeat uh, Tigres, yeah, man. Tigres, and, man. Uh, Tigres has been playing well, man. Yeah. I think well, Jignag might be injured, so we might not have to worry about him too much. And what's up with Lightness, man? He goes to Mexico, and he can't even, he can't even get minutes here, bro. It's... <laughs> What's the, I thought what, going to Europe made you a better now? player. Kids I, thought, I thought going to Europe with the with the better training, the, the better vitamins, and uh, the better coaching that you just improved. And what's going I on over here, man? I, it's a personal thing. The kid's a bomb. That's what. It's a bomb. I mean, it's like you could take the laziest bomb in the world and put him at Harvard. And because he's not successful, it's not Harvard's fault. If the dude's a bum, he's a bum. Do you guys hear about that uh, story about Eden Hazard? Uh yeah, I no. did. Yeah, how he, I like didn't. one of his one of his t- old ex teammates. You know, you know, I, they interviewed him, and he was like, that guy was like the laziest guy. Sometimes he wouldn't even show up to training. But then, you know, on Sunday, he'd he'd be the best player and win player of the of, of the game award. <laughs> uh, but eventually, you know, it, it caught up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, youth, he got old. <laughs> but well, we I wonder if up with everyone, there's this video going viral of Julian Dom warming up with America. Bro, he's not even trying. He's not even lifting his legs, nothing. He's just like <laughs> walking while everybody's actually doing a legit warm up. Is he still like part of the team or is he free agent right now? I think he's still part of the team. Oh. Also, another bum. Yeah. I'm surprised America bought him. I don't know what Ricardo I mean, is. they got him for free, bro. Yeah. Keep getting those MLS rejects. I wonder if uh, with Lainez, if Almada has one more reclamation project in him, man. He's able to bring back <laughs> trophies, right? Yeah. Or, wait, that means you, you want to see him in 
in Pachuca. I want to see our players, uh, you know, progress and do well, man. And if uh, if Almada was able to turn around uh, trophies, you know, maybe he yeah. gets something out of Linus. Yeah, he took Potro out of his coke habit, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think he's working miracles now. I think yeah, part of it. Part... National team, man. That should be the national team coach. Sometimes we give we give some of these guys more credit. I, I remember my chi hermanos making out Hans to be some type of messiah, as if he unearthed all these chiva gems that had been with the club for like ten years. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like this guy came and and he discovered them. Um, I I think part of it. I mean, I do give him some credit, but but like not. He he played a role, but I don't I don't think it's at a hundred. I do think Trophies eventually came to this realization where he's like, you know, the Grim Reaper was like right behind him because he was looking at riding away in like second, third division. At no, this point, nobody wanted him, and it's like, oh shit, no more pool parties, no more this. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and that's true. I agree. I think that there, there might have been a little of that for trophies, but you know, if you're coaching, man, your players have to buy in, and whatever whatever Almada yeah. was, was selling, also might have inspired trophies too. To, 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 to well, see, that, think about it. It's a fresh start, man. It's a fresh start for a kid who the spotlight was just too big for him at, at Chivas. Let's be honest, man. It's 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 different playing for Chivas than it is playing for a, a small club. And I think yep. like at Pachuca, you, your your roster is a lot different. Your squad's a lot different. You have foreigners, you have Mexican players. And, you know, I, they obviously have a great, great foundation. Like they have a great base team and he's just, he's just added to it and he just fits right in. You know, I don't think that he would have found the same success had he returned to Chivas after his loan expired with the earthquakes. Yeah, everyone was was saying that, but he had already, like everyone was was saying that Chivas like kind of dropped the bar or whatever, but it's like they're kind of ignoring the previous seasons with all these coaches, all of them trying to make him like... Dude, he had so many chances. He got so many chances. They all kept trying to make him the key player, Almeida. Almeida gives him the number 10. Thomas Boy, rest in peace, was telling them, dude, you don't have to do fancy play every time you touch the ball. Just keep it simple, man. It'll come to you. And, you know, all, all of these coaches and nothing. To me, was what, what, what to me told me, like, oh, this just checked out of Chivas was when he showed up to training, like, overweight. <laughs> Like the, yeah. the, the club just spent like 40, 50 million in refuerzos. You should be hyped. You should be coming in here like ready to compete because you, you were going to be, you know, chances now were that, they, you know, you could get, you, you know, you're fighting for minutes now because there's all these other players here. And you're like, oh, dude, you could care less. He showed up with this. With his bag of squirt and some takis. Edgar haircut, a jarrito, and some takis, bruh. Dude gave no fucks. Yeah, he didn't. To me, I was like, oh, fuck, dude, man. Because I, I, dude, I was hopeful for this dude. Like, yeah. Like, I kept, I kept thinking, all right, he's, 
this is the season in Nope, and then this in Nope, and it just got to the point where I was like, all right, dude, this is just, you know, it's, it's just not meant for it to be for the club. Yeah. It's always like that. It was like that with Gaucho Avila. It was like that with Fabian Trophy. It was like that with so many players. Um, I think the next one is Perez Bouquet. Everyone has that hype over Perez Bouquet as well. Let's see if he's the one. The yeah. last one was Chicharito to be the full real mm-hmm. deal. So eventually another one will come through. Never won any silverware with us, though, and that hurts. I don't yeah, know. Chivas I, dude, Chivas need to do whatever it takes to get him. We need a striker. Chivas needs Olympia, dude. They're, they're cursed. Yeah. A lot of these players that have had all this potential either end up getting injured or, or just don't work out for whatever. Like, I really can remember a really good, solid number 10 at Chivas. Shit. Right? some. It's been since right? He, but he never wore it. He wore number 100 and he wore number seven. Um, Bedalo Medina had Benalo the number 10. But he wasn't like. He wasn't a 10, though. He had, he had that injury. And yeah. And he, he was never as good as he could have been. Yeah. Yeah. He was and, still great for us, but he wasn't, you know, the, the player that no, we this, yeah. Well, yeah, this dude was Vela before Vela. That's. Mm-hmm. that's how highly rated he there's a match he played uh where he plays brazil and he's like 17 yep and he was juking them to the point that ronaldinho goes and hacks him because he was making one of their players look stupid and ronaldinho comes and kicks him in the ankles and he was like hey you're you're messing up his contract to valencia or whatever my favorite uh (laughs) moment with Vanala, because Vanala was one of my favorite players, and he had that debut against uh, Brazil in El Jalisco, and he did a little samba. Oh, bro, that was that's that, him. That was we're talking the same game. Was the game yeah. He wasn't seventeen though. Him. No, he was he was old. Yeah, was he? What know. year was it? We could check. Dude. This, we could check that friendly against Brazil. My memory tends to lie now. That friendly against Brazil yeah. and El Jalisco was like in the early 2000s. But uh, I'll, I'll find it. Says I have the YouTube video like Google. saved because that, uh, that I friend, had a gift saved. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, was that was that his debut? My memory tends to like do fan fiction and never really write stuff for me, <laughs> and I could swear it happened that way. That was his debut with the the senior national team, though. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was such a great match, too, man. I remember a few years later they did another match in Jalisco, in Brazil, Mexico, and Fat Ronaldo was there too. <laughs> and everybody was like booing him at the time because he was just like hella fat. Yeah. <laughs> but that those were very entertaining matches. <laughs> It was in 2003. Damn. And uh, he was born in 83. He was born in 1983. So he was 20. Okay. I'm not good at math. <laughs> nah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to school. <laughs> <laughs> so I was off by three years. Tomato, tomato. Well, maybe less because he was born in May. 
Hey, so the, three years a big deal. That's the difference between jail and consent. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he could have been—he could have been nineteen though, going to twenty. It's possible. Oh. Yeah. Very, very possible. Gentlemen, I will be uh, jumping off here for sure. Uh, Al, Joel, Jaime, a pleasure as always. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. Yes. Hopefully, Chivas get another dub over the weekends. Um, yeah, he was a month away, so it was in April, and uh, his birthday's in May, so he was 19. Okay, so this is not that bad. <laughs> no, I just want to end with this. I'm not convinced with this Chivas team. They look more or less like they did uh, when Dick Chain was the coach. The difference with Dick Chain was they just wouldn't get those lucky breaks that they're having this season. So, like, a lot of the matches that ended up in a draw that they should have won last season, now they're getting the favorable results. Well, that game against Tijuana on Wednesday, look, it took two PKs for them to get that victory. They haven't really looked that good at home. Now, against Bumas, obviously, they they started off great, and it looked like uh, they were they were getting some momentum going. And in the end, the the second goal by uh, Cisneros ended up being crucial. But boy, did I suffer in that match in the second half. They just looked like a completely different team. They sat, they sat back, they defended, and honestly, they were lucky not to get the draw. So, yeah, you know, they did get two back-to-back victories. Very important. They're fifth in the table, but I'm not convinced by these Chivas just yet. And I'm glad that they're getting the results. I'm glad that they're they're accumulating points and they're not losing. But that game against Tigres, I, I think we'll see if they're the real deal. Well, I don't know. Because remember, last season, we dominated Tigres that first 20, 30 minutes. We should have been up like 4 nothing, mm-hmm. And then shit hit the fan or whatever. Yep. And then we got smoked like what, 4 nothing? Yeah. But, like, we dominated on those first 20 minutes. We should have easily been up. Yeah. And then after that, the whole project came down. After that, the team just started losing every mm-hmm. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is a big – this is the litmus test. You know, we'll see how they do on the road. They've been playing better on the road. And the only concern I have is our, our strikers, man. Rios is not the guy. This dude scored by complete accident. His header – hit his his shin or his knee and then that's how he got the goal but it was a terrible header and i haven't been impressed with his with his performance and uh, the, you, the fact that you, they gave him the number nine bro he's not a nine man he's a 99 uh, you, you know who i saw score a first terrible ball chicharito, chicharito with united versus chelsea and well you know that was in his first goal uh, I mean, Nekaxa was his debut goal as a professional. No, I mean, like, with his team. Like, with his oh, yeah. team. I mean, that was his first, like, official United going to an official match, and he scored yeah. with his face. Like, imagine if you were a United fan, you're like, this is the guy we got? <laughs> really? <laughs> Who is this bomb? But he had scored on his debut for Manchester United. It was a friendly. Uh, That's true. Gets MLS stars. Yeah. But uh, appreciate you guys hopping on. I do have some dates for our listeners. We have five Liga MX matches coming here in the States. So March 22nd over here in San Jose, Chivas will play Pachuca. Very excited to be covering that match. The very next day on the 23rd, 
America will play Santos in Carson at Digney Health Sports Park. And then on Saturday, on the 25th, Chivas will be in L.A., or Carson, rather, uh, to play Toluca at that same stadium, uh, Digney Health Sports Park. Sunday, America plays Tijuana in San Diego, Snapdragon Stadium. I don't know what stadium that is. And then uh, also on Sunday, Toyota Field in San Antonio, Monterrey plays against Atlas. So if you're listening and you're in those cities, man, get your tickets, man, and uh, catch some Liga Mekis for the FIFA March window. But I appreciate you guys so much. We'll catch you guys next week. And uh, stay safe out there. Make sure to keep your jobs, too. It's, it's cold out there. Peace.